Welcome to the ISTC monthly podcast, where you can keep up to date with what's going on at the ISTC and in technical communications in the UK and globally. The ISTC is the Institute for Scientific and Technical Communications, and our members work to make scientific and technical information more accessible. I'm Imogen Craigmile, your host. I'm a member of the ISTC and a technical author working in the software industry. This month, I chatted with Sarah Jane Holbein, a technical author currently working at the software company Swerve. This episode has to be one of my favourites because I think our shared passion for technical writing really shines through. We discuss conferences, authoring tools and much more. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Thank you so much for being this month's podcast guest. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really a pleasure to speak with you. Oh, it's a pleasure to speak to you too. So to get the ball rolling, can you tell me a bit about your route into technical writing? Did you study something related to writing or technology at university or did you come to technical writing through a different route? Yeah, absolutely. So I came into technical writing from probably an avenue that a lot of people have taken. Um, I studied humanities. So the main focus of my studies was sort of English literature. Um, I did a BA and an MA then in that area. And I didn't have a sort of defined career path that I had in mind coming out of college. I've been sort of teaching singing um, in a stage school and doing some private lessons. I've been studying child psychology. So I thought maybe I'd sort of combine those, do a bit of a a teaching practice type thing, build it up. Um, I did think that was going to take some time <laughs> to establish. So I was kind of going, right, what other ap- options are there? At that time, I got into a work placement program um, that was with an arts administration um, kind of role. It was with an arts center. And basically, I was helping to organize festivals. Um, you know, there were short story competitions. I would have kind of gone through the submissions for that, that kind of thing. Um, really interesting work, but I came out of college in 2010. So that was in Ireland anyway. It was right in the heart of the recession. So it was really tricky time. There just wasn't a lot of work in that area at that point anyway, um, and just not really in general. So I got into luckily a corporate kind of environment, I guess. Um, So I started with Apple. They have a big operation here in Ireland. Um, It's the European headquarters in Cork in Ireland. And they I basically came on as a customer service agent. Um, so it was great. I kind of learned about a big company and how it all operates, things like that. And very quickly, I managed to get into a, like a temporary sort of tech writing position with that company, which was brilliant, um, simply because I had a background in, you know, English literature, which obviously very much fed into that kind of um, job. And I've been doing it now for 10 years. So which is hard to believe, but I haven't looked back. I was very fortunate. I fell into it really in a way, like a lot of people do. And it's been a great career move for me. Excellent. Yeah, I think you hear that a lot, um, stories about people not maybe intentionally, you know, looking for a job in technical writing, but studying something Mm. like English English related or humanity. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I remember I peeked at your CV when you sent it over and I saw that you did a minor in philosophy, which really interested me because my um, my undergraduate degree was politics and philosophy. And I think that philosophy suits technical writing because there's an analytical way of looking mm-hmm. at things and you learn yeah. to look at things from all different angles. So, yeah, um, yeah. It'd be interesting to know if there if there's any other technical writers out there that have studied philosophy and think it's 
it's helped them. Yeah, it's, it's politics and philosophy is definitely a great combination. And I think English and philosophy is too, from my experience. I One of my very good friends did the same as you. And um, I know you, we've spoken about the fact that you've uh, you went into like you studied journalism and things like that as well and I know that those sorts of subjects are they're so complementary and I think that they're all you know really aligned towards tech writing as well Um, it's just it's giving you skills I think that allow you to look at things from like different perspectives they allow you to kind of take a different focus like a different angle you know when you're writing so like if you have I don't know, different audience levels when you're writing a document and you're thinking about, you know, who, who you're actually positioning it for. I think it can be really helpful in that sort of. Um, I don't know. As For me, I studied like philosophy of mind. So um, that was probably a huge part of what I studied with philosophy. And uh-huh. it's there's a lot of different theories on that. And it did make me think around all these theories at length. And it, I do find that with technical writing. I'm not sure if you've had that experience, but you're sort of you're taking a view of different ways of approaching things and you're trying to whittle it down and find the right one from that, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. Well, we've sort of talked about skills there and the different skills that we gained from our degrees. What sort of skills have you gathered with the different businesses that you've worked for? Um, your career started with Apple, but mm-hmm. where did it go from there? Yeah, Um. so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd worked on that uh, tech creation job with them. Um, so with that role, I really kind of, I guess, cut my teeth on, you know, technical writing. So I would have worked with a style guide and like a sort of authoring kind of template. And um, I actually was able to help to put that together, which was great. Um, but it was writing content for the internal database that Apple had for their staff. And that database was, you know, it was really used during like training. And then when people were kind of getting established in their roles for the first few months, it was like like a real reference library, if you will. Um, so that was called a procedure writing um, position, which was basically technical writing, but it was very much focused on internal procedures, as I said. So um, as I mentioned, it was a temporary role. I eventually did go back into customer service, um, but I, I worked on that for well over a year. So that was a really, really good kind of grounding in tech writing and I was just so keen to keep going with that so I got into another company um, a company that basically was a startup at the time and they were uh, they offer technical writing services um, so they would have contracts from larger companies who maybe don't have I guess like in-house capacity to work on the projects or if you had a smaller company that would come in on a small project it might be um, that they don't have um you know, the, the the space internally or the knowledge internally to kind of, you know, take that role on. Um, so it was a really interesting um, role. I kind of worked my way up there, um, you know, just taking on more responsibility as time moved on. Um, I would say it was like a kind of trad, like a traditional tech writing role, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, there was a lot of editing in that role, um, editing legacy content, um, you would write new documents as well with an SME, but there was, um, yeah, a lot of editing, I would say, within that. And in terms of skills that I acquired there, I definitely, so I drew, I actually did a project management qualification whilst I was there, and I definitely drew on that in that role. Um, so once I had that, I was able to kind of bring it in, feed it into my job. And, um, you know, I sort of led a couple of projects with a few kind of resources on those projects and things like that. Um, tools wise it was a, a step up from what I had done in my first role in that I wasn't just working with like um, 
like a word-based kind of processor. I was working with um, the DISHA model. Um, with We worked with various XML authoring tools during that time as well. And we would have had one like content management system, CMS, that we um, housed all that content in that we worked with. So that was great. It really gave me a sense of how those tools all work. And I got a lot of different experience with um, tools that you'd hear about a lot in our industry, I guess. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, a, that was there for about eight years. So that was a really quite a long time at one company. Yeah. And then I've just recently moved to Swerve um, at the end of 2021. So I'm yeah, working again as a tech writer. Um, and in this role, um, there's a slight shift in focus in terms of what I'm working on, but also the industry. So Swerve would be, um, they basically provide like a platform for big consumer brands. Um, they're using that platform to sort of engage with their customers and um, through like personalized messaging basically and mm-hmm. um, messaging that's done through would be like mobile and tv apps um so it's yeah as i said it's like it's like personalized messaging that you can actually engage with your customers to you know pique their interest and so on yeah yeah oh, cool um do you get to actually use the platform itself so for when you're documenting do you get to mm-hmm. use the yeah. software so to help you write basically or do you talk to SMEs a lot um mm-hmm. what kind of method do you go about for writing the documentation um it's kind of a combination of the two um which is really useful I guess for getting like again going back to the philosophy thing it's kind of giving you a more rounded picture of things you know you're kind of getting to to use both avenues so we've got um our engineering teams who we I work with quite a bit as tech writer um they would be kind of going through like an iterative process you know they go through various sprints when they're working on different features um they'd be sort of testing out those features um or making them available and so on as they go through for testing in like our i think called feature stack so we can kind of get in access to that and go in and just do tests it's not going to break anything in the system you know while they're while they're while they're working on it so that's really useful and like if you want to take and um, get images for your your you know your docs and things like that you can actually get your screenshots and things when when it's at a more finished stage so that's really useful um and then yeah i work with smes engineering as i mentioned there'd be um some of that with them but we also work very closely with um our product management team so i sit on product design mm-hmm. and the product management team is yeah they're like kind of our neighbors in a way i guess um they are in charge of you know all of the the projects that are kind of ongoing and um they're doing a lot of like documentation around like feature specs and things like that so we're obviously relying on that a lot for our content um yeah. so they're they would they'd even give me like raw content and certainly when I was at an earlier stage of this I might get quite a lot of raw content from them but now as time is moving on I'm probably getting more responsibility for taking it at an earlier stage rather than just editing it I have more of a hand in in writing it so I've worked really closely with them as SMEs which is great that sounds really cool it sounds good that you sit on the product design team and Mm there's a lot of collaboration and yeah because I've spoken to technical authors before who Mm -hmm only really get to see what they're documenting you know right at the end um mm-hmm. and they're not mm-hmm. really part of the um the development process so. yeah 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 I know absolutely I think they're um quite good for 
for that. I mean, there's like in anything, it can it can be hard as a tech writer to be in at an early stage. It's, that's always the way. But um, no, in fairness, we do have fairly good visibility of what's coming up and, you know, trying to give your projections on how long you're going to need with something. And I think we're just trying to improve all of the time with that. And that's such a key thing, you know, that you're actually really trying to make the effort to get that time, to get the right amount of effort and resourcing around a project um, as early as you can, really. So um, and it's been really interesting for me, like as I'm learning about this role more and more and the projects and the terminology and everything's kind of sinking in more, you know. So like when I'm hearing now about things that are upcoming, I have a much stronger sense of like, what's going to be involved which is great you know it's really nice to be at this stage yeah definitely yeah. um what kind of team members do you have helping you do you have um a few technical writers is it just you is it you and another person or yeah it's um so there's as i said i'm on the product design team there's four of us i sit um there's two tech writers and two product designers Right. So the the other technical writer um, has been with the company for a long time, was a sole technical writer for a long time. So I'm only the second one to have come to our company. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's leading our team now. Um, so um, basically, yeah, we've kind of got different areas that we're sort of, I guess, responsible for instead of working on. Um, and we work our the product designers that are on the team as well. Obviously, we're working with them a huge amount. They're des- literally designing the features and how they look. So there's a lot of collaborate, huge amount of collaboration with them, which is fantastic. I've I've learned a lot about product design as well, which is a whole new area for me. So that's been really really good sitting on a team with people from that background. Um, so I've never worked as a t- sole technical writer. I couldn't tell you what that's like. I've always kind of been on a team which works really well for me. And even this is a smaller team than what I'm used to. I've always been on like kind of bigger teams. So um, it's great having somebody to bounce things off of. I'm not sure how I would do if I was a sole writer, to be honest with you. Um, But no, I've actually mentioned this to you as well. I think a really interesting part about our team is that we are um, 50-50 male-female ratio. Yeah, which is great. so as I mentioned, I have a female lead on the team. Um, we also have a female CEO, which is great. Um, like, as we know, it's a rarity still in tech, unfortunately. Um, but I just think it's such a big kind of important point about our company is it's, it is inspirational if, if people are, you know, they're aspiring to sort of get to like some sort of executive level of management, I think, um, for for women. that's It's a great thing to see. Um, and definitely as a company culture when I've been in those situations when I've been fortunate to be in those situations it's always just been a good positive experience for me I've only ever had female bosses on um, a tech authoring team uh, which has been really nice but I know that both the companies I've worked for the CEO has been a male so it must be fantastic to have Mm. a female lead yeah that kind of a woman in a position of power must feel quite empowering and inspirational as you say yeah it does I'm I'm very lucky in that I've actually had it on a couple of occasions Um, um, and it's yeah as I said it's it's just there's been kind of a not a shift in the company culture because it isn't just down to that but there is a different feeling for me when I've been in that environment yeah. maybe because of being a woman I don't know I've just I've always felt like that's been a real like positive cultural sort of experience when I've been in a company so it's great to have it where I am now definitely adds to the experience overall for sure good good I'm glad you mentioned before that your job previously was with XML authoring, um, but this yeah. new job focuses more on API documentation. Mm-hmm. So I've never worked with 
API, well, that kind of documentation. So mm. I was wondering if you enjoy it or if you have enjoyed using XML yeah. tools. Yeah, it's been kind of a revelation for me. It wasn't something that I knew a huge amount. Like I just didn't have the hands-on experience with it prior to this role. So I was sort of learning whilst doing, um, but that was great. And um, it's been... I would say it's been um, a big, steep learning curve. But like once you kind of start to get a handle on it, you do see how much um, kind of I guess like there's a lot of things that are similar about traditional tech writing and API documentation. Um, There's a lot of kind of transferable skills. Um, So I would say with traditional tech writing, you're kind of um, you're removing a docs burden on um, a subject matter expert you're giving them your writing expertise you're ensuring the content is you know it has everything that's required and that is very much the same for developer audience so when you work with api documentation your audience is shifted it's not maybe an end user um using the software documentation like maybe yourself or myself if we were using i don't know whatever piece of software it's a developer audience um they're looking for different things from the content but yeah. you're bringing the same skills, you know, so it's just shifting your approach towards it. Um, so I think the big thing with API documentation is you've different terminology you have different acronyms, different tool sets, things like that. Um, so like, say, for example, we're working with two tools really for authoring. Um, so we've got um, WordPress. Uh, we have like a help center site for all of our kind of WordPress content and We've also rolled out a developer portal um, using Stoplight, which is like an API design first tool. And what you mean by that is that you have the capability to actually physically design the API in the tool and then it would be coded at a later stage. So you're coming in at a really like early stage with docs. Um, We're not quite at the stage where we're at that level, but it's you have the capability within the tool and that's where we want to go over time. So what we've more been doing is like migrating in content or we have a API designed, we write to it then. But so you can you can flip that over and make it where you're coming in at a really early stage. So that's what's really exciting about um, Stoplight. And we're syncing that up with GitHub. So it's kind of working very much in the same um, methodology, I guess, is what the developers are doing with their, their content. They're using GitHub and that's like our source of truth then for, for our content. Um, I would say with the developer documentation it's 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 very succinct and focused like there's as I said there's certain things that the developers are looking for with the content um sometimes they might want a lot of extra reference material and that's what's great about having a developer portal in a tool like stoplight is that you can have a huge amount of content in there to support your apis you have your tutorials your overviews and so on but um, if they're literally just looking for, you know, one piece of code, they can very easily access that within the tool as well, which is great. Um, I think we just have to sort of approach it in a different way. As I said, it's going to be a lot more technical if you move into this area. So yeah. you do need to kind of, I would say, go out of your way to like upscale in this area. Like I would have done um, Tom Johnson's API course Um which is on his website, um, it's uh, it's on idratherbewriting.com. That was an invaluable resource for me moving into API docs from, you know, like, as you said, working with XML authoring tools and things like that. It just gave me a really good grounding on 
what APIs were, how they operated, how you could work with tools related to it and so on. It's, there's so much information on that. So that was a brilliant resource, I have to say. Um, and so now that I've been working with API content, um, I think it would be good to maybe do a programming language. It's like learn how to, you know, just learn about a programming language, how to use it and so on. Just as a, I think as a, an aside for me, so I would understand a bit more about the code that I'm working with and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think upskilling is so important and I think maybe I should be learning about API documentation. I mean, at the minute, it doesn't seem to be necessary for, for my job, but it could be one day or it might be something yeah. you want to develop and then it'd be nice to already have that skill yeah. or have some knowledge so I'm not coming in completely. Yeah, just have a bit of knowledge. It's such a huge area in tech writing. I kept seeing it. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, it was it was that um, and a couple of other areas just kept coming up for a huge amount of jobs. It seems to be a real and like, as I mentioned, like a developer portal, like a specific portal for content around APIs, that's such a huge thing. That was a huge focus of my role early on. Really, that's why a big part of why I was brought in was to actually work on that for the first few months. So we had rolled out our portal in March and like it's very much a work in progress. You know, we still have a lot more like my next kind of goal is to we have SDK content. So that would be another avenue of developer docs. You'd have your API docs, you'd have your SDKs. So the SDK content, um, that will move into Stoplight over time as well. I'm still working on our SDKs as they're being released in WordPress. That's another part of what I'm doing. But um, yeah, in terms of the developer documentation, um, there's just so much scope there now to add value as tech writers, as I said, with, you know, overviews, tutorials, which are documents that we're so used to writing. So um, it just seems to be, I think people have kind of, cottoned on to the fact that we can add a lot of value to this type of content you know yeah definitely mm-hmm. um I feel like you mentioned a lot of different pieces of software there you know you talked about yeah Stoplight and you talked about WordPress and GitHub mm-hmm. um I don't know if there's any other uh, pieces of software that, that you've used maybe API documentation or just XML authoring but yeah. if you don't have any that's fine because I feel like you did just list <laughs> I've mentioned a good few there yeah no um so yeah as I said with the developer docs we've stoplight with github we're also still working with wordpress because we haven't fully merged you know migrated over to that new site um I another big part of my role I don't just do api docs would be uh product content um so at present that's all done through wordpress um uh, and I've used actually I've just started recently using Snagash for doing just like you know working with images and things like that I found that oh, quite yeah. a handy little tool um just for I resizing and stuff yeah so the product content side of things um that would be where I'd be working a lot with our as I was mentioning with our product um team our product management team so that would be around like when we're rolling out the features and that would be for a more general sort of marketing based audience say it wouldn't be for like our developer um audience like we would have with all the developer docs of course so yeah like i said we'd, we'd use wordpress for for that content um on a day-to-day basis i really like um trello have you used that tool before i've heard of it but i've not used it um yeah is it like a big visual board yeah yeah. yeah it's um exactly that so just thinking there so when we get um we get docs tickets on jira um and that's linked up we have like a docs channel on slack we use slack for like you know all our messaging between different teams and different people 
Um, so that's all linked up, which is great. And then I really like Trello. I learned about it when I was sort of doing the project management qualification a few years ago. And um, it's very much, I think it mirrors Jira in that you have like these cards that you can kind of add information to and you can change the status on it and so on. So I just use that for my own day to day. Like, okay, I need to work on this today. I can tick this off once it's done or I can add a note or whatever. So those two tools have been great. Um, for XML authoring tools, I always really liked working with Oxygen um, because you'd have your sort of visual editor, you'd have your code view. Um, and I like to go between those, you know, and it's the same thing with Stoplight. You can have those editors or, or screens open. Um, you can also have a preview open in Stoplight, which is great. So you can really see how it's actually going to look when it's published. So I really like having that capability. Um, what other tools? Captivate actually was a nice one. So I worked with Captivate on like kind of video and editing a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Yeah. I've never used, I've never used a lot of them, but um, mm-hmm. I, my old company really heavily relied on Madcap Flare software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could, it, you could also have the preview window and um, yeah. Yeah. And, and you could also load it up through the internet so that you could do a build and then open it in like Google Chrome and see what it would look like. Yeah. But sometimes it would tell you that the links were working. And then when you actually published, they mm. weren't working. So that was a weird sure. thing. Sure. Like on your box it worked, but something when you published went wrong. So that was a bit frustrating. But yeah, um, yeah, I know the, all these tools have little, <laughs> little yeah, glitches, they, little bugs, or whatever. And yeah, you kind of find your workarounds, don't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I saw on LinkedIn that you're a member of the ISTC, like myself. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been a member, and how did that come about? Did someone inspire you to join, or yeah, the advertisements? Yeah, um, I've known about the ISTC for a long time. I would have read the newsletter for a good few years and always um, read different articles and communicator. Um, my previous employer had quite a strong relationship with um, the ISTC, so I was aware of it from that, really. Um, I think they sponsor and things like that. So um, I only became a member myself at the end of last year when I joined Swerf. Um, they very kindly sponsored that membership, so that was brilliant. And I have this summer now, I actually put a, I have an article in Communicator on um, building a developer portal with Stoplight. So very much like what we've talked about now today, it's kind of, it's it's building that out more and giving more context to it. So that's there at the moment. Um, last summer, I would have had an article in Communicator on um, version control. So like how to track, you know, different versions of a document and so on. So that's been brilliant. I definitely want to write another piece or submit another piece in the future. Um, so that would be great if I <laughs> if I managed to get something else in. Um, but yeah, I just think the ISTC has for I think for tech writers in this side of the world, you know, it's it's a great resource. Like it does keep you in touch with what's going on in the industry. Um, as I said, I really like reading the Info Plus um, newsletter and getting different, you know, blogs and things like that out of that. Um, I really enjoy your podcast as well, Imogen. I think it's a great resource. You know, there's been some really interesting interviews as you've gone through um you know I really enjoyed the summer edition um I thought that was great you know just finding out about what's going on it just keeps you it gives you a way of having your sort of finger on the pulse in terms of you know what's happening here rather than it's different in other parts of the world you know and they have different um things that are coming up for them so I just think it's really nice to be clued into something related to our industry close to us you know 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed doing the podcast. And um, it was really Amanda Ma who um, got it all going. Uh, so I'm eternally grateful to her. Have you ever attended TCUK or have you ever attended any conferences related to technical authoring um, in the UK or in Ireland or even abroad? <laughs> I haven't attended TCUK. I've signed up for the online conferences here so that will be great it'll be my first time attending so I'm really looking forward to that I have to say um I would like to attend it in person if it's possible at some stage for sure I think it'd be really nice to to go along um I'm quite new to conferences I think I probably attended my first one only about a year and a half ago um so they've all been obviously in that time frame they've all been online and I would have attended TC World last year. So that was great because it was tech writing conference um, on a large scale. Very interesting. But I've been to probably three other conferences in that time that were not, they were tech, but they were not tech writing specific. Um, So I found those really great because it gives you a sense of things that are going on more generally and areas that might have, you know, possibilities in technical writing. So like I recently would have attended the Women Tech Conference, um, which is a global conference. There's a huge amount of speakers, female speakers talking on different, you know, subjects. Um, That was really, really good. So I have kind of set myself a goal now to submit and try and present next year if possible at that, just as a little challenge for myself. So that would be quite, quite cool if that happened. (laughs) That'd be really cool. I think you'd be really cool. Thank you. Thanks a million. Um, yeah, what kind of talks did they do? Um, at, you, know, the, you mentioned the women tech and mm. um, at TC World. Yeah, were they were there were they specifically on more technology and software or yeah. were there any technical authoring or? Yeah, so TC World, there was a lot of um, very specific um, talks around, I guess, what we're doing. And I remember, because that was towards the end of last year, so it's a while ago, but I I remember there was um, a lot of talks around um, tools and, say, like developer docs and things like that and, like, various programming languages and stuff, which at the time was, like, very heavy. It still would be heavy going for me, but, um, no, it was a great conference, but... The Women Tech Conference then, yeah. So that was a real, uh, like a, just a real cross-section of different women working in different tech-related occupations. So there was all sorts of topics. Like you would have had people from medical backgrounds. You would have had people from, you know, marketing industries and things like that. There would have been some around like UX design and things, but there wasn't actually anything about tech writing. As far as I could see, I, I only saw one talk, which was somewhat documentation related, but not really related to tech writing. So and um, right. that's I think I thought that was quite interesting. That's why I was thinking I might try and put something together more generally around tech writing and what's going on in, in this field and sort of present it to that kind of an audience. You know, it's it's a possibility for people that it might be an area of interest for them to learn about. Um, but I went to actually went to a conference last year and it was a local tech conference. It was really interesting. Um, and that was probably one of the best ones I've been to they, they just ran it really well it was quite small scale and I believe um the ISTC's conference can be it's not a huge uh, conference you know so there's still that kind of more closer sort of feeling about it you know it's not it's not one of these massive conferences where you're a bit lost in it almost you know um yeah. but this 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 local conference as I said they had a really interesting 
talk on space technologies and satellites and what was going on at that time. And of course, this was, I think, early summer of last year. So a lot has changed since then. But it was just so interesting because I just thought how much potential there was for technical writers in that field, you know, to, you know, add value. Um, if I think if you go to things and you go to it with like an open mind, there's so much you can learn in so many areas you could actually look look at kind of getting into. And, you know, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'd love to attend more. It's mm-hmm. hard to do it. It's hard to work it around work and um, social life and yeah, yeah. summer as well when you might have plans, I find. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. From what you've told me, it sounds like you've often been documenting software and technology and you started your career with Apple. You know, they are tech giants. So um, is it something you've always been interested in or are there other areas you'd like to work in? Um, no, I haven't focused on any area specifically. I've just sort of fallen into it and um, gone with my gut as well. And I think that's a big thing. Um, so when I'm looking at um, a company, it's very much like, okay, it's the product of interest, of course, because you want to write something that you find really interesting and believe in. Um, but also company culture, of course, you know, like that's such a big thing. So the area that I'm in now, um, marketing technologies or MarTech, um, that was completely new field for me. And um, I'm still learning a lot. But from what I've gathered around it, it's it's just such an interesting kind of field. And personalization for digital marketing has been such a huge thing in that field for such a long time. Yeah, it's really um, it's becoming so I think anyway, I think it's becoming such a big thing across all digital experiences now, all digital content that we're consuming. Um, yeah. So we're kind of catching up to that in a way across the board now. And I think that's why we're seeing so much reference to UX writing. And I think it's becoming more and more sort of aligned with tech writing in general. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but I feel it when I'm if I've seen a job description in the last year or whatever, there there's very often, you know, like a, a line around you know, UX writing being part of that role, or maybe it's a large focus. And whereas before it was a lot more sort of segregated in its own right. Yeah. So I think that's that's becoming more and more of a a focus. Um, I'm really interested to see where that's all going to go. I think we're in this sort of kind of era of like personalized content. Um, and it's becoming, you know, just such a big part of how we're operating online. Um I've noticed it like, say, if you're traveling and things like that, or it's becoming a thing now if you're shopping, like if you're actually physically going to shops or whatever. Um, and it's just really interesting to see how tech writing, UX writing, how that's all going to evolve over time. I think that's a very exciting area at, mo- at the moment and over the coming years. So I'm definitely going to try and upskill more in UX writing. I think there's a lot of scope. There is a lot of potential in UX writing to you know, really bring that into your role and kind of merge it with what you're doing. I don't know a huge amount about it. I will be doing a part of that in my role as well, just kind of consulting on that because we're bringing in more sort of embedded content into our platform and things. So um, it would just it would be interesting for me to learn a bit more about it. Um, and I know we've just, you know, we've been speaking about upskilling uh-huh. and a lifelong learning, things like that. I think taking on these kinds of challenges for yourself is really well it's good for it's obviously good for your mental state to kind of keep challenging yourself um but I think it's just it's a really vital part of being a you know a tech writer being progressive in your fields um you know just adding value so 
it's something, yeah, as I said, I want to kind of learn more around that. There's, I think more generally, as I've mentioned, I want to learn about programming languages. I want to learn about UX writing, but more generally, like just overall content strategy um, as I become more responsible, more aware of the content overall. I think there would be a lot of scope um, for it to be very rewarding if you were able to kind of take on that whole area. Um, So it's it's something that I, I just have in the back of my mind. I want to kind of keep focusing on that and learning around it um, and maybe maybe do some research at some point around that type of content, like content strategy um, or just some some area of tech writing. It'd be really interesting to do some kind of research and, you know, further um, learning around that at, at third level. I'd really like to do something at third level at some point. So it would be interesting if I could focus on this area, just figuring out what it is, but something within this area. I think there's loads of scope for it. And I think with the in the future, there's only going to be more need for tech writing. I know you've listened to um, the, the summer special yeah. that they walk in. She's always talking about um, the yeah. future and how much we're going to need tech writers, UX writers, um, content strategists. But I totally agree with you that these roles are all sort of merging and mm-hmm. feeling so important because if you're someone who can demonstrate all these different skills, I think you're going to be very employable and also knowledgeable it's just going to make you a better writer as well for sure yeah but it it, doesn't it make it so much more interesting when you have you know knowledge around different areas as well you know and like as I said I'm still I've gone into API docs in the last year so I'm still relatively new to that area and it opened up a whole new world for me having moved into that you know and the potential around that area and where that's going there's huge movement towards you know progression in that area so it's just I think the more and more I'm learning, the more I want to learn, the more I want to consume around tech writing. It's just such an exciting field to be a part of. Um, and I think like I don't know what it's been like for you, but since I started 10 years ago, the change and the progression within this area has been so rapid and so vast to be very interesting to see where we're at in another 10 years time, you know, to see the conversation we would be having then. Yeah, definitely. It'd be good. And we can look back, we can come back to this episode and listen to it. And <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And go, oh, we were so young. <laughs> yeah. My last question, I should have asked with the other conference stuff, because I, I wanted to know if your work was supportive of you um, doing conferences or would they support you? Well, you've talked about the third level of study. Do you think they'd support that um, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Um, no, I, I, certainly that's part of our culture. And that's again, going back to why I feel so content where I am right now, which is wonderful. Um, like with conferences, when we've had these online conferences that I've attended, I'll slot time in where I can in my work day. I'm not, um, blocking off a day for it or whatever. I think that's the thing when it's an online conference and I, I would go on to it in the evenings if the time zone is different and things like that where I can. Um, but, yeah it's it's not a face-to-face conference you're not physically going somewhere for a day or two so that is the different thing with these these online conferences so I would actually really like to go to one face-to-face so like I said go to TCUK if possible and like really engage in that whole conference process that would be very very nice but yeah no I do have a lot of um like if I want to upscale and things like that you know once I can make reasonable kind of case for it there's a lot of um scope for that kind of thing which is wonderful because that adds to what I can bring to the table. So that's really, really good. Um, and I, 
really enjoy kind of engaging with and listening to content outside of conferences. Just um, say, for example, the content wrangler um, talks that are on the Bright Talk platform. I find that great. I always kind of dip into those for um, just, yeah, learning what's going on. I've, I've learned a lot from that kind of thing. Do you know if I can listen to a tech podcast or whatever in the background, depending on what I'm working on, obviously, really enjoy kind of just keeping my finger on the pulse as much as I can with what's going on. Yeah, I'm the same. I like to absorb podcasts while I'm working. I think it's mm-hmm. a really good way of, uh, as you say, keeping your finger on the pulse and mm-hmm. just um, still doing your work, but also learning things at the same time, yeah. which I like. I like being productive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. I feel like I could talk to Sarah Jane all day. But now for some news. We are looking ahead to 2023 at the ISTC with plans for a return to the face-to-face conference and we can't wait. But for now, the countdown is on for the TC UK Metro Online 2022 event. So save the date, the 27th of September. The theme this year is Techcom State of Flux. Where are we going? Upcoming courses include September 1st to 2nd, Introduction to Adobe InDesign, September 12th to 13th, Introduction to Adobe After Effects, and 22nd to the 23rd September, Introduction to Adobe Illustrator. That's all I have for this month. I would like to thank my guest once again, and thank you all for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, comment, subscribe, and share. As ever, feedback is always welcome, so please get in touch at istc at istc.org.uk or find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Imogen Craigmail. You can find out more about the ISTC at istc.org.uk or just search ISTC on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Please tune in next month for a special TCUK Metro conference episode with help from a fabulous guest host. Goodbye for now.